Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on his farm he had some workers, E-I-E-I-O. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, putting my gear together. Let's see, you know, I just need to put some of this uh, stuff together in its place. Oh, yes. It's never working like I want it to. Oh, yeah. Got to keep it growing. Got my, my crops there. Yes, beautiful. Ah, looking good. Looking good. Uh, you know what would help this grow better? Is uh, some miller miracle grow. Yes. You know what that's known as? The Bible. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, welcome home. My name is Gardner uh, Joshua. Today, and I, I've got my word, and uh, you've got yours, and it is exciting uh, to open it up. And I want to read something with you today, coming out of Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And I want to jump in there. We're going to look at this whole section from 1 through 10, but I, I feel like we've got to start right there at uh, verses 7 and 8. And it says with me, and I want you to repeat this with me, God is not mocked. Would you say it with me? God is not mocked. In fact, there's a first few words right before that. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And he says that because Paul is he's summing up this letter that he wrote to a church in Galatia. People like us in need of, of hope, encouragement. He wanted to remind you like people are not gonna get away with what they've been getting away with. In chapter five, he talked about that you can, um, you, you can, struggle with things of, of your flesh. In fact, he, he has this, we talked, we did a thing up here, a little tug of war battle. Uh, we struggle with our flesh and there are fleshly things that my body desires to do. Sometimes uh, he brings up like anger, disputes of anger, uh, division. Uh, he brings up uh, immorality, impurities, sex, uh, improper sexual activity. He goes down this massive list that you and I would just turn on a normal TV show. We could watch the classic Friends. We could watch Seinfeld. We could watch any current TV show today and say, oh, that's the fruit of the flesh right there. That's what that's gonna produce. And then he says, listen, God's not, do not be deceived, mind you. God is not ever gonna be mocked. Because he really wants us, right after the fruit of the flesh, he actually talks about the fruit of the spirit, that there should be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We should have these like things producing out of us. So again, do not be deceived. Listen, God will never be mocked. So as a Jesus follower, sometimes we actually look at people and we go, how come that person gets away with it? How come, how come they're not they're not really, you know, they're, they're, just getting, they're just getting away. I'm not really upset. I'm, I'm, a, I'm doing my best uh, to follow Jesus, and yet um, how come I'm not really reaping what I should be sowing? In fact, that's what he says there in verse 7. Do not receive God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, he will also reap. How come they're not reaping? I, I, I'm seeing it. And a lot of times, you know what we do as Christians? We point the finger at everybody else's problems. Uh, I, I wish I was at like some Southern church and I would hear, uh-huh, amen, brother, sister. Uh, come on, can I preach it? 
Come on, okay. He, okay, preach it. There it is, there it is. Okay, I got, got one. Okay, maybe you online, you're like, dude, preach it. Okay, just for a second, because I will today. Because here, listen up. Sometimes Christians tend to point fingers at everybody else, and you wonder why, how come I don't reap what I've been trying to sow, but they seem to get away with this. Listen, do not be deceived about one important truth. God will never be mocked. I want you to know that. When it's all said and done, when, when, when God sets up his new kingdom, new heaven, new earth, it'll all be done away with. It'll, every, every eye, there'll be no more tears in your eyes. Every, every, every wrong will be, will be made right. God will deal with those things. Do not be deceived. God is mock mock. So what you sow, you will reap one day. And he says there, interestingly enough, verse eight, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap, reap what? Corruption. Would you say that out loud with me? They will from your flesh reap corruption. That was almost everybody. I bet you you online. Can you type it out real fast? Okay, let's see. We can do it together. All right, three, two, one. We will reap corruption. You wanna sow from your flesh you will, I promise you, I guarantee you will reap corruption. Why do I know this is true? Because it's found in God's word. If there's one source of truth I wanna look for and find and apply in my life, it's gonna be found here in the word of God. This is gonna be God's truth. Now, as a gardener today, every one of us, this is gonna apply to each and every one of our lives. We can reap great blessing when we abide in Jesus. Or you can reap Corruption, when you try to do things through the flesh. Now, the flesh meaning like the things that do not glorify God, that have the wrong motives, wrong actions. I'm not choosing, I'm gonna be quick to anger. That's not gonna reap great things. It's gonna reap corruption. I'm going to not apply God's word in my life. I'm gonna disobey God's word. I know God says do not have sex um, before marriage, and yet I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna apply it because that's what every single television show tells me to do. I'm gonna do it. Who cares? They get away with it. Well, you don't see their STD, and you don't see their emotional baggage, and you don't see the financial problems that it's causing all around. I'm gonna do those things. I'll get away with it. Listen, do not be deceived. God shall not be mocked. Okay, I hear I hear you. Listen, you can produce a lot of things from the flesh. It's going to lead to, what does he say in his word? Cor- Come on, church. What is he going to say? Corruption. Corruption. My, my wife loves this word because she, she was in the, she's been uh, in the dental field for many, many years. The word, this word here in, in the Greek literally means decay. So if you have a, like a, a, a tooth that is decaying, you know that it gets rotten from the inside. Well, that's, that's brutal. You ever chew on ice? You shouldn't, okay? It'll break your teeth. You, you'll actually discover you, if you have a bad tooth, a bad infection, it's inside in the root of the tooth. And, and, and you don't see it. At first, it looks nice and white. It's beautiful, like you have beautiful teeth. And then it starts, maybe, maybe there's some yellow because you love to drink coffee and tea. It happens, all right? And you forgot to do your, your teeth whitener. But all of a sudden, you just start one day, you, you pull in, you get a taco, and you love some tacos, love me some mean tacos, and you start, you crunch, bite into that, and you're like, oh, 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 oh. 
And you're like, ah, I don't, I don't, what's going on back there? And then you drink that nice ice cold beverage and you're like, and it starts to inflame because it ha something happened deep within the root. Decay that you didn't see on the outside. There's something happening on the inside and you gotta go get a root canal now. Now financially, that's gonna pocket you, hurt you. And, and then you're gonna take some time and then you're, you, some of you might be saying, forget the root canal, just take the tooth out. I don't need that. You know, take them all out. Give me dentures. I'll just go all in, you know. And, and, and the idea is like, I just don't wanna deal with it. And a lot of us, we want the decay to go away. I desire this corruption in my life. I don't, I don't want it. But here's a truth I want us to apply today. If I learned this years ago, uh, and you probably heard this before. As a Jesus follower, now let's tie this in spiritually. If I take care of the root, God will supply the fruit. See how it rhymed there? You didn't know I was a rapper too, did, didn't you? God will take care of the fruit. If you and I focus on the root, and the root I'm talking about is that we abide in Jesus. There is a key ingredient when Jesus talks to the disciples in John chapter 15. John, he was a follower of Jesus. He, he loved Jesus, and he wanted to give a cool understanding of his relationship with him. So he applied something to us in John chapter 15, and he breaks it down, and he says, Jesus wants us to abide in him. For he says, you, you can achieve nothing apart from Jesus. You wanna produce something, you wanna produce fruit in your life, Jesus would say, well then you need to abide in me. For apart from me, you can do absolutely diddly squat. That means for those of you who speak in different language, that means nothing. We can't do anything if we don't abide in Jesus. So we need to take care of the root. Otherwise, otherwise, we will start reaping corruption, decay from the inside. And on the outside, it might look beautiful. It's kind of like these plants that are in front of me. Like some of these, these look outstanding. They're, they're great. But you don't know what's being produced underneath its soil and what's, what's stirring up on the inside. And God wants to produce something because if he says there, if you look with me in Galatians 6, verse 8, part B, he says, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Eternal things, things that last, things that matter, things that will go on from, from here on into eternity. A lot of people love to build up their own kingdoms on this earth. We got big stock markets, big, big cash flows, big, big things. We have big houses, great cars. We have a great, uh, some of you do, remember, remember when you did VHS collections? How's that going for you today? Remember when you were doing DVDs? It's all digital today. And, and now, now like everything, <laughs> some of you, me included, I just went through them, the classic tape cassettes. Oh yeah, I'd throw those suckers away. Even CDs, why do you have a CD? Who needs a CD player when you have iTunes? When you have Spotify, we can play everything right there on, on a digital device. Remember, we've built up all these collections and things, but really, does it matter? It all is just gonna fade away. There's nothing new underneath the sun, and yet God 
desires for us to care about the eternal things, the things that really matter. And what really matters? I'm gonna spell it out for you. Why don't you repeat it with me? J, J E, e S, 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 U. What's that spell? Jesus. What's that spell? Jesus. Come on, everybody. Three, two, one. Jesus. What matters? Do you want to know what matters for all eternity? Jesus. Truly. You want to know what's eternally fundamental is a life about Jesus and Jesus' things. Jesus is the only thing that matters for you and for me. It is it. And we've got to get our We've gotta get focused. We've gotta get our hands dirty. We've gotta get into the soil, into the root of what God desires for you and me to follow and to be passionate about. We are so passionate about things in this world that we care about. We're all about politics. We're all about uh, relationships of, of the, the self thing. Myself, my glorification. We gotta be about the things that Jesus cares about. One another to love, to serve, to, to bless, to glorify his name, to be about him. And we've got to get on point and on mission. And he says there in verse nine, please do this. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will, we will reap if we do not grow weary. Do you notice that, that conditional word there? If. If you do not grow weary, this is your starting point today. This is what I want to encourage you to do. I got this from a, a, a classic, amazing movie, okay? It means nothing here for church. It's probably, there's some bad stuff in it. But uh, Galaxy Quest, you guys ever see Galaxy Quest? Tim Allen, Star Trek, I'm a Trekkie. All right, anyway. Uh, Star Wars is cool too. All right, there, I met both worlds. Haven't offended anybody. All right, but anyway, Galaxy Quest. Tim Allen, he says this line, and I think it's so truthful for us as Jesus followers. You ready? Never give up, never surrender. All right, let's, let's say that like we mean it together, all right? Three, two, one. Never give up, never surrender. It's like a battle cry in the film. But for us today, it is, it is a battle cry for us on mission for what Jesus wants us to do. We need to focus our mindset about never giving up on the things of Jesus Christ and never surrendering to our fleshly desires. We have to stay focused and on point about the things of God. Don't get discouraged. You don't see it happening. You don't know what's happening underneath the soil. You don't know what God is producing underneath. Because right now, I bet you there are two types of you in this room right now that you don't see or, or you've, been, you've been spending time on your life. Let's say this plant is like your life and you've been spending time and you're like, I don't, see, I don't see the fruit. I don't see anything growing. I see nothing. But you don't know what God is producing deep within. He's producing some great fruit for you. He's growing. There are things you're not decaying. Don't give up. Never give up. Never surrender because God is doing a great work within you on the inside out and he's growing you and he's encouraging you. Now this happens when we abide in the vine. When you don't abide in the vine, you're gonna produce something else. Spam, <laughs> fake meat. It's not even real. Why do you eat this stuff? 
And if you do, praise God. That's, that's great stuff. <laughs> but, but like, why, what you're producing, you think it's good? No, it's not good. Some of it, some of you are like this. You're like this dead, you're like dead. It's like falling off. You're, but you know why? You know why? You know what this is? This is a, a mini rose bush. If you know anything about roses, it's prickly. It's, it's got thorns. I know, first service, I found them. <laughs> this time I was like, whoa, I know what to do this time. Now, some of you are just too mean. You're too grumpy. It's like you woke up every single day of your life on the wrong side of the bed. Don't you realize the Lord Jesus Christ lives within you, Jesus follower? You have eternal life now and forever. You've been forgiven of all of your sins, past, present, and future. What are you so grumpy about? Why are you so thorny? You know what you need? Miracle grow. You get some miracle grow in your life, and the type of miracle grow I'm talking about, oh yeah, is the Holy Spirit. And you just need to pour the Holy Spirit. How do I get filled? He says, be being filled with his spirit. Let the Lord Jesus Christ come upon you. How do you do that? How do you get to the place to be, to stop being so bitter? That means confess. Confess your sins before the Lord. God is faithful and righteous to cleanse you of those sins. He wants to empower you with his spirit to come upon you and to be gracious unto you. You need some miracle grow. And it happens when, when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Because when you, when you do, when you do, you'll produce, you'll produce the fruit that God desires for you to be. He wants to strengthen you, he wants to grow you and encourage you to be the man and woman, the child of God that he's called you to be. But it takes time. Don't give up. Don't give up because right now, your pot, your, your life just might be like what's happening over here. You might be at a place like you're about to get a divorce, about to get a place where you're just in a place of regret. Maybe it's a divorce of a relationship, not just your marriage. Maybe your heart, you feel like personally, I'm div divorcing myself from the Lord. How could God love me? You don't know what I've done, even as a Jesus follower, as a Christian. You know, I, I love about his word and the encouragement that Paul gives here. He says, don't give up, don't grow weary. So many times, especially during COVID, this pandemic, we have isolated ourselves. We have put ourselves in a position where we feel alone. and Like for a while, we wouldn't see one another. Remember when we were all in our houses in March and April? If someone walked outside, you were like, I'll wait till they pass and then I'll go out for a walk. And then we had to go for the necessities and we couldn't even be as close as we see people are today in stores. But it was like, it was a scary moment. But what it did to us internally, mentally, even spiritually for some, it freaked us out. We don't need, like I, some people would say, I don't need one another. I don't need church anymore. But there's something powerful in scripture, something true in his word that he says, actually, we need one another. Something about coming together with one another. And if we just spend the time to focus on what God is actually speaking to us as, as individuals, to not give up, 
to not grow weary, be on point, be on mission, be on his word. God wants to produce something within us and we need this fellowship with one another to spur one another on, to encourage one another because there's, there's, there's a relationship that we need. And we tend to divorce ourselves from when we do this, it creates this, this loneliness and this guilt and sadness. And, and we need to know, and you need to know today that God is so close to you. He's closer than a, a brother. He's never left you, forsaken you. He's like, he's literally here. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he's in your heart, he's in your life. And that will never, no, never be taken away from you. There's a piece about that that you should know today that should, should surpass every understanding and comprehension of your mind. And what Paul is trying to get at, and he's kind of concluding this letter, he really wants us to not, never give up, never surrender, don't lose heart. You need to take care of the root. The root I'm talking about is your spiritual root in Christ Jesus. And you and I, as Jesus followers, need to, don't miss this, listen closely, tune in, do not miss this. We need to abide in his word. That means I need to not just hear it, but I need to do it. I need to take some action steps. I need to apply the very things that Jesus speaks about in this word because it does matter in all eternity. One day you and I will stand before the Lord and he's gonna ask you, how did you live for me? You represented me. You wore my name. You said your name is a Christian. And how are you gonna live on this earth? How did you represent me? Did you represent me with street cred or with none? What, what kind of representative, what kind of ambassador, what kind of Jesus follower have we been? Because if you're not reading the quote-unquote tea leaves, the signs of the times, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back soon. We don't know the day nor the hour, nor should we try to. But what we should be doing is trying to live this life today to the fullest that honors and glorifies him. We need to start reaping what we've been sowing. And some of you have been sowing some poor things. I included we got it. We could do better. We can produce something great one day in heaven. There's so much more that we could be doing, every single one of us in this room. We could be doing so much more for the glory of Jesus Christ. We have one mission, to be a people that love God and love one another the way Jesus Christ loves us. And this is what he's getting at. Look what he says in verse 10. Let's look at it together. So then, I love he says that. All right, you've got it. Don't grow weary. You can reap flesh, corruption. You can reap, reap things that'll last for all eternity. Don't give up, never give up, never surrender. So then, while we have the opportunity. Would you say that with me? While we have the what? Opportunity. Okay, that is a cool Greek word in, uh, that means kairos. That means it's a time that is coming to a head. It is, it is a... It, it, Take full advantage of this moment. 
You have the opportunity right now, right here, this moment, to never give up on, on God's word because he hasn't given up on you, nor will he. Hold fast, he says. You have the opportunity right now. So let us do good to, to who? You, you tell me, if you at home, type it in at first. Who can get it at first? 10 points for you that can type it in right now. It says, let us do what? Good to who? Oh, come, oh, I heard it in the middle first. You get 10 points here. Okay, come on, guys. You can, can do this. All right, here we go. We're good. All, 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 everyone, right? That, 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 that means the guy who is a creep. The person who, who, who told you nasty things before in the past. The person who's not a Jesus follower. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Actually, that means Jesus followers too because they can be the worst, right? Oh, that's why he says here, look at verse 10. Let us do good to all people and especially <laughs> to those who are of the household of faith. Ah, oh, snap. Come on, Really? I'm supposed to love that Christian guy who's always making fun of me on Facebook? That guy who's always pointing out all of my problems, all of the wrong things that I do, and I'm a Jesus follower. He should be loving me. He should be a good guy. I'm like, everybody, everybody, like, in this political season and everybody else, everybody's got their problems and, and, and their things. And their, it's, like, it's like they're bad gardeners and they haven't taken care of the crop that God's given to us. And they've been, instead of, instead of being a good gardener and taking care of the root, they've been starting to poik, pick out all the, the things on top. Like, no, you're, that's wrong about you. This is wrong about you. That's wrong about you. No, it starts with the bottom. Starts with the root. And God wants us to take care of the, the very thing. And how do we, as Jesus followers, what are we to do? You, you know what Paul would tell the Galatians, Romans, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Corinthians, uh, Thessalonians, time after time after time, he would say the church is to build up one another. We are to build up, not to do what Satan does, to point his finger and condemn. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. See, God's gonna use everything out for his glory, but you and I are called to build up one another in the faith. We're called to encourage one another in the faith. We're called to equip and bear their burdens. We are called to be what Jesus has done for us, to love them, to forgive them the same way Jesus has forgiven us. Our message is simple. Our gospel is simple. The, the, the mission of what Jesus has called us to do, to love as he loves us. This is the garden of hope that God desires for all mankind to do and be about. I've got a couple takeaways for us. They're actually found in God's text, so I wanna read that for you. And it's the reason why I skipped a few verses because I think they would make more sense for us to follow. Look at verse one together. This is the first thing that we need to do and apply in our lives as a Jesus follower. Number one, brethren, if anyone is caught in a trespass and sin, you who are spiritual, everybody say, that's me. No, 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 say, that's me. 
You don't have to repeat, you are spiritual, okay? Okay, you who are spiritual, you say, that's me. Okay, okay, if you're... But maybe you're not a Christian yet. So as a, if, this is, if you are not a Christian in this room, if you haven't accepted the gift and grace and freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, this does not apply to you. But if you are a Jesus follower today, can I encourage you? This applies to you. And this is what you and I get to do. Love it. He says, you who are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit with bitterness. Is that, is that what your Bible says? With anger? With resentment? With tyranny? With some other big word that's evil? Destruction? No, 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 what does he say? You are to restore a brother with gentleness. Mind blow. I took my hat off. Are you kidding me? What are we to do as Jesus followers? When someone is in wrong, we are to come alongside them and beat them up? How dare you? You're in pornography again? You're such a creep, a jerk. Why did you do that to your spouse? Oh my, I cannot believe you lied again? You lied again? After you told you not to lie, you disobeyed me. You're my child. You keep disobeying me. I told you to turn off the light 70,000 times. Put away your clothes. Why don't, what's the deal? What are we to do? What are you to do, brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ? Restore a person with what? That's like with restores one another with Charmin toilet paper. You are to be gentle and kind. In fact, hold your spot right here. Don't, don't miss this. I want you to see a, a verse, 2 Timothy. Would you go to your right for a minute? This is Paul's last letter. He wrote it to a young pastor and he encouraged him how to teach to a church. And he says this in 2 Timothy chapter two. Maybe you got it on your phone, your device. This is so powerful. I, 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 um, oh, you don't wanna miss this. You don't wanna miss this. I wish more Christians would do this. Because so many Christians are known more for what they hate than what, they're, what they should be about. He says here, verse 24, 2 Timothy chapter two, he says, the Lord's bondservant must not, not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, and with, what's that word? Gentleness, interesting. Gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. You want to know why, like maybe a, a good Christian friend, a brother and sister in Christ is struggling with some sin, struggling in an area, maybe you yourself. It's because the body of Christ is not doing what the body of Christ should be doing. We should be coming to one another in this garden of individuals, and we should, we should lovingly, gently come alongside and correct them. If perhaps God may grant a special, a special gift, because see, this whole time they've been clouded, they've been stuck in this snare, in this trap, 
They can't see why they're doing what they're doing is wrong. And you and I need to pray. You and I need to come alongside and encourage. You and I need to be gentle, not evil, but, but, but kind and gracious to that individual. Oh man, this is so good. Because Paul would say, if you wanna go back to Galatians for a minute, Galatians 6, he says at the end of that, restore such one in gentleness, each one looking to, not each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. And he says in there in verse three, four, and five, he says, for if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself, but each one must examine his own work. And then he will reason for boasting in regard for himself alone and not in regard to another, for each one will bear his own load. Listen, he's like, we all got our own problems. We all got our own things. You and I, we're not the, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. He's like, Paul would say, I'm the chiefest of all sinners. Who am I that deserves this grace? He's like, but I, I, I've, learned, I've learned the hard way and the right way what to do things. I need to come alongside somebody and restore them with gentleness. So here, number one, I want you to apply today. Everybody, I bet you have somebody in your life, maybe it's a, your own child, your own children, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a, a, somebody, a coworker you can't stand, and they say they're a Christian. May I encourage you? Come alongside them this week. Apply the word of God in your life, and let's see what God will do. Come on, let's see what God will do. Imagine what God can do if we just took his word and, and lived it. Let the Holy Spirit be God, because that's who he is, and he wants to do his thing in our lives. He wants to work through us, okay? Secondly, secondly, number two, let's bear one another's burdens. That's what he says there in verse two. Bear one another's burdens, and thereby you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is very simply love. Love one another as I have loved you. This is what we are to do. Bear one another's burdens, and thereby we will fulfill the law of Christ. I, I like how um, Colossians 3.13 says it this way. Let's bear with one another. Forgive each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you must do also. There's the opposite inward effect. Solomon would write this in Ecclesiastes. He says, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. And he has not another to lift him up. You see, a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born out of adversity. Proverbs 18, 24 says this way, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. You and I are called to bear one another's burdens and thereby we will fulfill the law of Christ. You, you see somebody in need, hurting, struggling, just going through a hard time, a depressing time. Maybe they have COVID. You know what I'm talking about? I had COVID very recently. It's a bummer. I feel like a leper Anybody ever, you know, lepers, leprosy, you know, it was a, it was a terrible thing, an epidemic that, uh, that swept the land. In fact, uh, in Hawaii, one of the Hawaiian islands was dedicated to leprosy. It was a leper colony. Anybody that had uh, leprosy, in fact, in the Old Testament, in the, in the biblical times, you were to call out and say, unclean, unclean. I literally felt like at my neighborhood, people walking by saying, unclean, 
unclean. Look at this guy. On my birthday, I was given the gift of COVID. It was beautiful. Good times. My wife got COVID on her birthday, too. She, it's just like a family thing. I can't wait for our kid's birthday. Next one's in February. That's great. Here it comes. And you know what's interesting? We feel like there's this load. You feel alone. You, 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 all you hear online, CNN, they give a death toll every single moment. It's like everybody's dying. And, and people do die. It is a tragic thing. But all you think, if you get it, you're like, oh, okay, uh, where's my will and testament? I'm just gonna sign it out. And there's like no hope. No hope. Something powerful, though, if we leverage that type of world mentality, because the flesh, that will reap corruption, decay. But imagine if we gave hope what it does. If we chose to come alongside and bear one another's burdens and look for people in need, and you know somebody who's hurting, it would be so cool to bring a meal, to put it on their doorstep. When I had COVID, it was my birthday, and, and my wife's like, can you go outside? I'm like, I'm in my pajamas. Don't wanna go outside. Just get outside. Get some pants on. Go outside. I go outside, and there is a line of cars coming down my street, honking, playing birthday songs. I got Ivan up in the back of a pickup truck playing guitar, saying, happy birthday, happy birthday, keeping his social distancing but I can't tell you what a joy it was. What, 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 talk about a, taking some, a load, a burden off to see people just coming down car after car and just people, like, who am I to receive such a gift, a blessing of this? One lady reaches out with her, some grapefruit in hand. Have some grapefruit. I felt like George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. And she's like, here, I've been saving this to get a married man one day. And I was like, I felt, I felt like what, is, what is this? Like, this is so cool. And imagine what happens when a body of Christ come together to build up one another, not to point a finger and say, oh, you're, you're COVID, look out. Now, what if we came together and just embraced the sick? met them right where they're at and, and, and be the church that God called us to be. Oh man, thereby we would fulfill the fulfillment of the law of Christ. And then one day, Jesus will look at you and me and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm so proud of you. So proud of what you poured into one another, how you took that load and you were met that person right where they're at, how you engaged and you were not afraid, where you didn't let fear override your faith, but you took on the love of God that would go the distance. This is the type of garden of hope that we near are called to be. In fact, he says one more thing. He says there in verse six, he says, the one, Look at me, one more, one more verse. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. We are to be a blessing to one another. We are called to be a blessing, each and every one of us. This is what I want us to do. You online, you might be a little faster because you're already on the computer, but... Uh, I want us in this room, let's pull out our phones, let's all catch up. You guys got your phones? Pagers? You guys got, you got record players? 
You guys got your device, any device. No, seriously, I want you to pull out your phones. Let's pull, pull them out. I, I'd, I'd pull out mine, but I left it backstage. Pull, 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 out, pull out your phone. Everybody pull out. It's, I want you to take, take the moment. I want you to take a moment real quick. Let's apply the text for, for, for a minute. He says, the one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Maybe there was a mom or dad that has poured into your life, a friend, a brother, a sister, a pastor, a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, someone that's taught you God's word. Would you take this time right now and with your phone, with your device, text that individual? Maybe you're on Facebook. Uh, you can Facebook them out. Go on Instagram right now. Go, go, go somewhere, share, share something. Do something positive on Twitter and tweet something nice. To that person and just share with them, I wanna say thank you for teaching me God's word because I really, I needed it. You'll be surprised how much of encouragement that is. When the pandemic first started, I got a, a Facebook post from a, uh, a former student of mine years ago I gave him a Bible about 12 years ago. I totally forgot about this. If he didn't show me the picture where I wrote in it, I would have, wouldn't have believed him. And he said, man, I just wanna say thank you because in this time during um, all this uncertainty, I, I've been reading this. In fact, I read it now with my own children. I was so blessed by that. Man, it, it moved me and I was like, man, I, I, I better keep giving out Bibles to kids. It's a neat thing. You and I have an opportunity right now. Did you catch that in verse 10? We have an opportunity. Kairos is coming right now. It's coming to a head right now to give something to all and to the body of Christ. Right now. And we can't give up on what this mission is called. Jesus has called us to do. We cannot give up. Church, now is the time to respond, to act as the church. Jesus is coming back soon, and if we're not on point, we're not on a mission, Jesus one day may not say to you, well done, good and faithful. He'll say, hey, you good, uh, why? Why not when you had the time? You saw the signs? Man, let's be about it, because we want to produce type of fruit that God desires for us to have. And it starts when we apply his word. Jesus would say, that's how you abide in me and I in you. Because apart from me, you can do, you can do absolutely nothing. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we, we come before you just want to say thank you. Thank you that you are a God who's greater than all of our greatest fears. You are a God that is, is wiser than our feeble knowledge. And you do more for us every single day we could ever do.
And through it all, Lord, you, you desire to help us. You desire to encourage us and to strengthen us. And it happens when we take the time to take care of the roots, Lord. And as we do, as we focus on you, you will supply great fruit within us and our lives. Jesus, right now, I ask and pray on behalf of every single person listening and watching, hearing your word today, Lord, I ask that, Lord, you would stir within us to apply your word, that we would be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger, because the anger of, of a man does not achieve at all the righteousness of God. May we, may we apply your truth in every possible way. Lord, give us the opportunity to think of how we can encourage one another, to bear one another's burdens. Father, teach us how to be a blessing to one another. I, I pray that the texts and the messages that are going forth out today from first, second service, and beyond, Lord, that they are, they are used for your glory of encouragement. And also, Lord, I ask, Lord, that the time that we have we would really focus and fine-tune it on our own kids because we have such a special time right now for those of us that are parents, those of us that are grandparents. Maybe it would be about pouring into the next generation and taking the time that you take with us. And Lord, may we gently restore one another because perhaps Lord, you'd set them free from the sickness, Lord, of sin that they're in. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we declare your truth and your word. It is powerful and it is mighty. Move amongst us to be a deliverer of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.